Welcome. You may be seated. I'd like to introduce Pastor Andy. Cathedral 
Okay. The people that will not have the story behind them for people to say, oh, well, I want to live like this person. All of us, the average Joe's Christian, we have a safety net that can never be broken. I'm going ahead of time. Okay, I just rushed into it. And I can't, I can't, I can't stand it. Okay, so let me, uh, let me read to you what uh, Michael Carr writes. He says, It is hard for me to imagine Jesus' tone of voice other than Mary. Just the sound of her name, spoken by the Master, began very Jesus was not stolen, but risen. And he had not risen, he had actually risen for her, for us. The stories of Mary and the others who personally encountered Jesus on resurrection morning are among the most time, all-time favorite stories of all Christians. His triumph over death, his joy, most of all, reminds us who we are. We belong to him and he to us. We are the people of resurrection morning. You are the people of resurrection morning. Do you understand that? When new life in Christ prevailed over violence and the age of amazing, amazing grace began. But have you ever noticed how quietly the grace of Easter arrived? No angelic choirs. Nothing heralded Jesus' return from the dead. No foreign dignitaries arrived bearing gifts. No voice thundered from heaven. The sounds of the resurrection are different. They are much more personal. Muffled voices at dawn, the sound of sandals passing by the streets, her name hanging in the morning air, Mary's gasp of recognition, Peter and John whispering as they hurry back to town wondering, hoping, wanting so much to believe. Three men walking together toward M.O.s, talking quietly among themselves. The third trying to restore their hope. The other two heartbroken. Ten hushed disciples waiting in the upper room, fearful, uncertain what to do next, when Jesus appears in their midst and says, Peace be with you. After all the public pronouncements of Jesus' birth, the tumult of his life, and the public horror of his death, I must confess that I like the resurrection 
quiet of Mr. Morning. There's conversations between Jesus and the disciples and his followers. It's all family business. As he did with Mary, Jesus rises for each of us and calls us by name. The promise is for everyone, but the experience of Easter is only for those who believe and have longed for its appearing. Love crucified arose. The grave became a place of hope. And the most amazing thing is that death became the door to life. Death became the door to life. Because you see that Mortality rate in Pasadena is 100%. <laughs> Takes a little while to figure that out. You know, you know the problem is that you know when we talk about death, you know we realize that it has affected us from the very beginning. It has affected us even from the womb. Maybe at the time where your mother was concerned about you know the pregnancy, or maybe somebody talking loud to her, or, or crying, or whatever it was. We have fear in our lives as a companion forever and ever. And the resurrection story tells us once and for all that we do not need to fear anymore. Why? Because there is something so powerful, something so constant, something that has no exceptions for any, anyone that believes in Jesus Christ, that has a power to resurrect in us, not just a new life, but also a new hope, a new confidence, confidence that matches that of the trapeze artist. You know how they are, they, from, from a young age, they are trained to, to be up there, you know, on the trapeze and to jump and hold and grab somebody or be grabbed by somebody else so they don't fall. And of course they start with nets, safety nets so they don't get injured but when they perform and they are in their prime we are amazed by them how can they do that how can they fly in the air and then be able to latch on to somebody's arms and be able to do this and amaze us again and again and again and i want to tell you that god wants us to be those trapeze artists in our walk with him he wants us to be able to take risks he is saying to you this morning, church, live boldly. There is a resurrection happening. Live boldly. There is a resurrection. It doesn't matter how you wind up in heaven, whether you have broken arms or broken heart or broken mind or whatever it is that you are struggling with on this earth. There is going to be a resurrection, and that resurrection will make all things new. There is nothing else that gives us that hope. There is all kinds of religions of this world, all kinds of stories that capture the imagination and capture the heart, and people get to follow those religious leaders and those major people that we see in the of history. But there is no one like Jesus Christ. 
There is no one that has eyewitness accounts of Paul says up to 500 people saw Jesus after he died and after he was resurrected. 500 people at, at that once, all at once. And he says that some of them are still living today. He's talking about people in the first century. So this resurrection is not some something that somebody dreamed up. Some person that was so crushed by what happened to Jesus Christ, accused falsely, given to the Romans to be crucified as a criminal, and died outside of Jerusalem at the place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. And then, that was it. That's how the church started. We thought he was the Messiah. But even now, some of the women are telling us that they saw him. You know, it's not a good start to let Jesus, to let Jesus, you know, the world know about Jesus' resurrection. That it's just some women, you know, that are, I guess, you know, very emotional and they just want him to be alive. And this is, I mean, this is how it must have been. This is how it must have, you know, you know, obviously women's, you know, rights and and, and uh, women's positions in this, our society has now become much better and it's rising as we speak, which is great because we're all equal, right? But at that day, on that day, to say that, to have your reputation hanging by a woman's story or a woman's witness was not good. But even the men, the men that are logical and they can figure things out, even those men were shocked. Remember Thomas? When the, there was only 10 disciples on that day, and Jesus arrived and came through with the closed doors and windows and said peace with you to the 10 disciples. Thomas was absent. Judas already had committed suicide. And he, Thomas, told the disciples, the rest of the disciples, unless I see him and touch him and put my hand in, on his wounds, I will not believe. And the next scene we have Thomas now present with the rest of the disciples and Jesus appearing again. And remember when Jesus told Thomas, you have seen me, and you believe. But happy are those, blessed are those, who have not seen me, and believe. And that was written for us. That was written for us. And my question to you this morning is, do you really believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead? That he actually lives right now. He lives to intercede for us at the right hand of the Father that he was not just a tragic story, a messiah that came just like all the other messiahs or self-appointed messiahs of the Jewish tradition uh, as they were trying to rid the, the conquerors, that the series of conquerors that had enslaved them for centuries. This was the Son of God. 
This was the one that everyone was looking for. And we realize today that the impact that Christ has had on our world, even if you don't believe in the spiritual side of things, even if you don't believe the eyewitness accounts that we have in the Word of God, there's four different Gospels that capture the story of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. You must believe that this Jesus Christ story has made the news. I always chuckle because even non-Christian nations, even communist nations that don't believe in God, that, that you know, this is their religion is not to believe in God. They are they are stuck with the year. They're stuck with the year. What you know, the, this is the what year? Anybody know what's what's the year today? 2016. 2016 years what? AD. After Christ. <laughs> you know, I can you see can you see the world changing? Can you see China saying, you know what, we're not gonna go by that year? With our year is like 4,565. That's our year. You're not going to be able to do any business with anybody because, you know, the computers don't work that way. You don't just put 5,000 years on one side and 2016 on the other. It makes sense. It's a, it's a problem that is right up in our faces, whether you believe or not. The Bible says this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. This is a saying that Paul writes to, to the church reminding the church that there's responsibility for us as those who believe in the resurrection. We need to believe in the resurrection, but we need to have confidence in what resurrection does for us. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, right, to fall to the church. But a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Did you know that? This grace was already figured out by God the Father. It was already revealed in heaven. And then it was revealed to us during the time of Jesus here on earth. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's the good news. Jesus Christ didn't just get out of the tomb. Didn't, Jesus Christ didn't just get resurrected. He destroyed death. This is... Amazing news. Jesus Christ destroyed death. Back to the issue of fear. At the bottom of every fear in our life is the fear of death. 
And if we can rise up from that fear of death, to be able to say to ourselves, fear has been conquered. Death has been conquered. The, the source of all fear has been conquered by Jesus Christ. He destroyed death once and for all. The thing that remains for us is to live boldly. The thing that remains for you and me this morning is to be faithful to what Jesus started. He came to that which was his own, the Bible says, but his own did not receive him. But to those who receive him, to those who believe in his name, what was his name? Savior. His name was Savior. He came to save us from our sins. He came to save us from the fear of death. He came to save us from death itself. He came to save us from the wrath of God, the righteous wrath of God. But he came as a human being, weak, and no one paid attention to him. Even his own people, his own leaders, decided to give him to the Romans to be crucified because they could not make the transformation. They knew the Bible by heart. But they, not, they could not practice what the law had said. They did not really believe. It was all a religion. It was all something that you do to look good to the public. Jesus Christ was real. Jesus Christ is the one that's Lord over the universe. He is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. He is my Lord, and I hope you're Lord. And that means that there is no such thing as no Lord. I cannot do that. No Lord, I'm not going there. No Lord, I'm not turning the other cheek. No Lord, I'm not serving this person. I've served them so many times, I helped them so many times, and they're still the same. No, Lord, I'm not doing that anymore. No, Lord, I've had enough. No, Lord. All of a sudden, we are in the judgment seat, and we're telling the Lord what we can and cannot do. He is the Lord of the living and the Lord of the dead. He is the only one that changed the end of our lives, even though we may die. We will still live, the Bible says, because of the power of the resurrection. This past year, I have uh, probably more than ever, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you to take a look at your life, take a look at what is important to you. Where do you spend your time? What is really something that the top of your list and the things that on the, in this world that you really feel are precious to you, the things that you're striving for, the thing that you're really working for. What's that top thing? First one, second one, third one. Is it security? Is it importance? Uh, is it joy? Is it entertainment? Is it family? What are the things that are really important to you? And I want you to 
this morning, I want you to review that one more time and look at yourself and say, what does resurrection mean to me? What does that do for my list? The list of things that I want to accomplish, the list of things that I want to be, what does it do for you? Because what drives your life is going to have an effect on what kind of disciple you're going to be of Jesus Christ. The American dream is always number one. You want to be that family, whether it's middle class or middle upper class, or have the money to give our, our kids a good education, be able to go to college, get a degree, uh, get a good job, get benefits. I mean, that's the American dream again and again. And, and a lot of times we find ourselves that the reason we go to church, the reason we want to be good is so that God can bless us with the American dream. So the actual ultimate thing that we really, really want, the reason we go to church and believe in God and are born again is to get to that dream. And if that's the case, the Bible says you need to rearrange your priorities. In view of this most powerful event of Trump's death itself, you have to have confidence in what is being said to you this morning. That if Jesus Christ destroyed death, if Jesus Christ who had all the sin of the world bearing on him on the cross. Died for that, all that sin. But yet the Father God resurrected him on the third day. Even though he had taken all that sin on himself. That doesn't mean that, you know, Jesus Christ was a sinner, but it does mean that as far as God the Father's justice was concerned, Jesus Christ was a criminal of all time, the hugest criminal of all time. And he bore the sins of all of us. From the beginning of Adam and Eve failing in the garden to all the way to the present day. Yet God the Father forgave him and then resurrected him and made a new beginning for us, a new way for us to live. Jesus Christ could not wait for the church, for his followers, to be able to receive the promised Holy Spirit. Because he knew that Christians, people like you and me, we are faulty. We succumb to fear every day. We're not bold enough to turn the other cheek. We're not gracious enough to allow people's problems to uh, come into our life and you know and deal with them with with grace and with patience we are just want to have a good life and we're not interested in having somebody else's problems on top of us say so we are we really are we want to have peace and I cannot have peace if somebody else 
comes into my life and they have all kinds of things going on in my life. All kinds of problems that I now have to deal with because they're my friend or they're my cousin or they're my mother or my father or all that stuff. So, so we become people that are kind of looking away and trying not to get involved. point is that if we, you and I, have fear in our life, there won't be enough room for love. It's one of those things that the Bible says that either your heart is dominated by fear, fear of death being the, the basis of it, or by love. And if there is love in your heart, it will chase out fear. If there is fear in your heart, it will change love. You cannot have it both ways. And I'm sure if you're like me, we're probably, all of us are going back and forth. Sometimes we may live a week of fear and be miserable and feel defeated. And sometimes we may live a week of love and be you know, exuberant that we're able to do that. We're able to really be patient and really sacrifice our resources, our time, and all the other things that are precious to us. How do we win this battle? Paul has the formula. He says, you are able to win this battle of, of, of uh, love or fear by first by rejoicing in the hope of glory God. This is the message this morning. If you really are understanding how amazing God has been through this last 2,000 years that He has allowed His Son to take on our, our, our problems, our sins, and then gave Him the power of the resurrection so that there is no more basis for fear. There is no more basis for fear. That God has done this, so we need to be rejoicing every day. When we, when fear comes into your thought, into your mind, that you know, oh, you know, I lost my, what happened to my cell phone, or, or you know, what happened to my car, or my car is 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 not in the shop. I wonder how much it's going to cost, or and you know, another bill is coming. What's going to, how am I going to pay that? I mean, whenever this starts happening, you have to stop and say, I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing daily in the hope of the glory of God. I belong to God. God will make me a different being once I see Him face to face. Once that time comes, whether it's the time of my death or the time of the second coming, whichever comes first. And then we will rejoice in our sufferings. How many times when things go bad, when things are totally unpredictable, and you go from one problem to another. You know, you open the door and something comes in. Okay? You you try to be a have some peace in your mind, and then a thought comes in, and boom, it's just the peace is gone. And the fear is now, they're starting to get a hold of you. 
We need to be rejoiced in our, in our sufferings. Because sufferings give us hope. Sufferings give us hope. Why? Because as we go through sufferings and we lean on Jesus and we lean on His grace and lean on the Word of God, the wisdom of the Word of God, we start to realize that that suffering has now made me better, not bitter. And we ought to rejoice in the love of God. Because the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ has given us has filled our heart with His agape love. That's where it is. It's in your heart. Unfortunately, we have paid not, no attention to it. And we think that if we turn the other cheek, we're going to be fools. Or if we don't tell this person what we think of him, you know, somehow that person is not going to grow and become mature. It's our, you know, it's our, our pride, isn't it, that runs the shop. But Jesus Christ said, telling us this morning that we are to live as if there's a safety net underneath us. Even when we are in free fall, even when you have lost control of what's going on with your life, you're not going to fall away. Because Jesus Christ has set up a net, a safety net that holds a billion suns. You will never be shaken. You will never hit bottom. You will never go beyond the, the realm of Jesus Christ's kingdom because He is the King of the living and the dead. There is no more death because Jesus Christ has destroyed it. Yes, we're still going through our physical side, but that's only because we're going to be able to get to a different level. What is that level where our bodies will be, once and for all, changed? It will be changed to immortality. Can you imagine that? Being able to do amazing things when that becomes reality. No more, no more doctors, no more hospitals, no more scraped knees, no more top double vision, no more triple triple cataracts. I mean, not, none of that stuff is gonna is gonna be because everything will be new. You know, there's there's a there's a message that comes out in Revelation. I want to read that and I'm going to close with that. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. The sea in the Bible is always a 
threatening evil thing. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I saw that a new city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, from the throne of God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne room saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will and he will uh, have them live in heaven. And <clears throat> and there will be his people, and God himself will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. Or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away he who was seated on the throne said I am making all things new you take a few moments and rearrange your priorities could you ask yourself what are the things that I need to leave up to God what are the things I need to open my heart to that I may grow and be just like my Lord Jesus Christ who came to be a servant for all. At this time, we're going to have a time of offering. Uh, I can have the ushers please get ready.
Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. Just thank you, Father God, for your son, Jesus Christ, that has risen today, Lord God, has risen in our hearts and given us new hope. Father God, we want to thank you for these offerings right now that are presented before you. We just pray that you bless them, Father God, and multiply them, that they be used to bless your people, Father God, this neighborhood, these neighbors, Father God, your congregation, Lord you smile upon it and multiply it for God. We pray these things in your Son, Jesus Christ, holy name. Amen. Amen. We are the people of resurrection. Are you excited about that? Yeah. yeah. Tell your neighbor right there sitting next to you, you and I belong to a living God. You and I belong to a living God. But say it and believe it. You and I belong to a living God. That is the God you and I worship. That is the God that you and I belong to. We're excited today's Resurrection Day. Today is a day of celebration. Amen? And now with announcements. Life group. We are on break with the life groups, but we will resume on Wednesday, April the 6th. At 7 p.m., it's going to uh, continue to happen at Pastor Rhea and Pastor uh, Henry's house. You know, it's like during the week, midweek, we need to be refreshed. We need to be uh, near God. The Word says that when we get near Him, He's near us. Amen? So when you do that during the week and get together, it's just an amazing time because we continue to learn more about Him. Amen? Um, also, membership class, uh, it will happen on April the 10th between 4 and 8 p.m. Uh, please contact Melody, Ray, or Pastor Henry uh, to sign up if you haven't done already. Um, we need you to do that so that we can get ready for that class, amen? If you, if you haven't done it, I encourage you to do it. I want to go ahead and do it, amen? We are, uh, don't forget and say it to yourself, we are the people of resurrection. And we continue to worship God this morning, amen? Amen, amen church, amen. amen. You know, uh, when I was a kid, like a teenager, people used to always say, like in church and the TV and movies, they say, death is just the beginning. And, uh, and I, never, I never really understood that until I got to know God. And I, I was reminded of that today, that death is the beginning. So be bold in your dancing, 
Be bold in your singing. Be bold in general because we are headed for the beginning. We're not headed for the end. We're headed for the beginning of eternal life. Because there is no death because it's destroyed. Amen? We have an eternal life ahead of us because God is good.